0: Hello, and welcome to the Vulture TV Podcast. I'm your host, or this week anyway, Jen Cheney. On this week's show, I'll be joined by Vulture Senior Editor Jesse David Fox and Saturday Night Live co-head writer Chris Kelly to discuss all things SNL, as well as Chris's new film, Other People, starring SNL alum Molly Shannon. That's coming up, but first, if you have any questions for us or ideas for topics you'd like to hear... Leave us a voicemail at 646-504-7673 or email us at vulture.com. So my usual co-pilots in the podcast, Vulture TV editor Gazelle Amami and New York Magazine TV critic Matt Zoller-Seitz are out this week. But do not fear <laughs> because I am joined by Jesse David Fox, Vulture Senior Editor and, may I add, a scholar <laughs> of comedy. Hello, Jesse.
1: Hi. Now I feel like I should fear a lot of pressure.
0: (laughs) No pressure. No pressure at all. Oh, thank Uh, you. And we're both very excited that Chris Kelly is here with us, who has been an SNL writer for quite some time and, as I mentioned earlier, has been been promoted to co-head writer for this upcoming 40-second season. And as if that were not enough, he also wrote and directed the film Other People, which is a really lovely, moving film that comes out on Friday, September 9th. So we are really happy Chris is here. Welcome.
2: Thank you, thank you for having
1: me. And this is correct? It's your birthday this week. It was my birthday yesterday. Oh, happy birthday! Aww. Thank you. You know,
2: it feels too shitty to even talk about. Like, we had like a little like screening on uh, was it, on Tuesday, and then it became my birthday, and I just didn't even want to talk about it. I felt like two people were like, "What are you going to do for your birthday?" I'm like, I can't like throw a party for myself and then have these like premieres. It yes. feels so
1: like indulgent. Like it's a lot of attention for. A I know. Week. All
2: I've done is like talk about myself. I'm like, no, no one celebrate my birthday. No one talk about it. I don't get one this year. That's fine. (laughs) I feel less bad
0: that we didn't bring a cake or something.
2: Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So obviously we're going to talk about Saturday Night Live and we're going to talk about your film. But uh, I wanted to start by being as Freudian as possible and going back to your childhood.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) Um,
0: And ask, so who was your original SNL cast growing up? Like what was the first cast that you really connected with and was your entree into the show?
2: Yeah, int- yeah. I mean, everyone kind of—it's it, like the people that you watched in high school, right? They always say that's yeah. like your favorite cast or the people that you connect with. For me, it was—I mean, I obviously like watched the Farley stuff and David Spade, and like—but I the the real cast that I truly remember was like Molly, Sherry, Anna, Will, like that that generation of people, and specifically like the women of the cast. Yeah. I like. Oh my god! I would like I would leave high school dances. I would leave prom. I would like be like I'm sorry, date. We have to leave by 11:15 to get home to watch the date. And of course, she was like, "Sure." There's clearly sure. no sexual chemistry between us. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay if this wraps up early. We, we, you know, but I would like rush home to like watch SNL, and I would like record all the all the episodes, and I would like
1: transcribe some of them and like memorize them and that's perform so, them. Oh, what awesome. is so? That's <laughs> obviously also. I think that there were a few people that say that, like Mindy Kaling said she used to transcribe. Yeah. What I I did, Is that there with,
2: I, I did that
1: with Seinfeld, too. I would, like, transcribe episodes of Seinfeld.
2: <laughs> like, look, that's
1: an insane person. You're like, Jerry says... Truly, the yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, and I would rank all the episodes of Seinfeld, and I would give them <laughs> grades, and I would, like, be like a like a television critic for, for Seinfeld.
1: <laughs> just for um, yourself.
2: Yeah, tr- for me. Just I had a binder of reviews, and I don't know. I was just like... Yeah, it was like Seinfeld and SNL.
1: Do you remember when you realized that people were writing these sketches. I feel like that's a moment that I, when I talk to comedy writers, even I remember, they're like, oh, people write these jokes. And especially as a now comedy writer. Yeah.
2: You mean, like, as Actually, opposed to,
1: like, just the cast writing yeah, yeah, yeah. or that it's, like, improv or something?
2: Yeah, yeah, Oh, I don't know if I remember having an awareness of it. Or, like, I guess, I, yeah, I don't know. I never <laughs> thought about that. I guess you're right. I guess I just assumed that they just went out there and did it. I yeah. don't know but i will i i had no awareness of what like being a comedy writer was yeah. or like how you did that or anything like that you know what i mean like it seemed like like snl was like a fun cool show that i was like cool that's like in a in a building in a different world i'll like never be able to travel to so i did like i did theater in high school and yeah. i did plays and that kind of stuff um and in retrospect, that was me doing what I could because I lived in suburbia and I didn't I didn't have access to like I didn't like live in New York City next yeah. to UCB or something. So, you you know, when you're younger, you like yeah. don't really you just kind of fumble around, yeah. around writing and around performing in the entertainment world until you can kind of figure out like, oh, like comedy writing is
1: what I want to do. When was the shift? Was it performing? And then you're like, I think I like writing better
2: i don't know just like slowly but surely like figuring out what you like the best and also like just trying to be honest with yourself of like what you're best at and what you're not as good at like in 11th grade i was in romeo and juliet and i played friar lawrence and i don't want to be too hard on myself but i will say that that performance forced me to really look deeply at myself yeah um and be like i maybe should not be playing roles like friar lawrence and Romeo and Juliet. oh my god it was so if i could watch a video of me in that play i would just I'd probably cry for this little boy that And we have a clip. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's the only podcast that has, like, a visual clip in the middle of it just for that reason. That'd be so funny. No, but I, like, came out. I was Friar Lawrence, and I was wearing the, like, Friar Lawrence, like, that wig sure. with, like, the balls spot in the middle and, like, a long robe. And it's not a comedy. I, I It's not like I was playing the comic relief. I was, like, the priest. Yeah. And I walked out so somberly. I wasn't, like, trying to be funny. And just everyone laughed because I think they were, like, why is he this role? <laughs> like, I don't know. So you just, like... You know, it, you just like slowly but surely... In college, I I was a drama major and I did, you know, creative writing. And I just kind of started to figure... I, did, you know, got involved in the improv group. And then yeah. I was like, oh, that feels close to what I like. Because it's performing, but it's like writing on the spot. And then... um I went to UC Irvine, which I loved, and I would, on, on the weekends and stuff, I would drive b- up with a friend of mine, uh, Bonnie, to take classes at the Groundlings. Mm-hmm. And so little by little, I'd be like, oh, the Groundlings, that, I like yeah. this. The, I just started to be like, these feel like my people. This feels sure. like my vibe. And then, yeah, you just kind of figure it out, like, year by year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Were there other influences beyond Seinfeld, SNL, that you remember, comedy-wise?
2: Yeah. Hmm. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is no. I mean, not no, but like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I remember very clearly like SNL Seinfeld. But then I also remember very clearly just like watching the most like harrowing dramas, like not comedic, like the movies I I loved growing up were just like the saddest, most existential things possible. So I, which maybe is like a perfect like then my movie is sort of like a drama as well. (laughs) But um. Yeah, I don't know. I was really like, I was really like into films as well, yeah. you know, with a capital F. So sure. I I did watch those comedy shows, but I wasn't like a comedy geek. Like I wasn't like one of those people who like knew of like, like, I, I don't know. I just didn't know like the fringe comedy stuff that yeah, like, yeah. was like cool and underground. I I was not like well versed in that. You didn't
1: like know all the names of the members of the state and you were like.
2: No, I mean, but then like in college and sure. when I started doing improv and stuff, I would find it and be like, oh, my God, what a waste <laughs> that I hadn't seen yeah. this before. But I just like didn't know or have access to you know i don't know yeah i want
0: to i want to go back to the transcriptions that you did once you (laughs) once you transcribed these snl and seinfeld episodes like did you act them out
2: like what did you do with the oh god Uh, thank you for circling back for more (laughs) detail um (laughs) i would i well i remember i would bring in vhs tapes to my high school because a bunch of us like drama kids would eat lunch in the drama classroom that's Mm -hmm cool right no but it was great it was so fun and we were all just like friends and it was like it was great we would like hang out and just like shoot the shit and like but sometimes i'd be like guys enough talking i have last night's snl and we will be silent while we watch this (laughs) and people would like i remember sometimes people would like talk during the sketches and i was like you're actually talking over a joke (laughs) um and i was very like serious i was like a very like serious student of snl and then me and my friend kelly and some other friends we would like do I, I can't even really remember exactly how it worked, but yeah, I remember we would rehearse sketches. We would, I, I don't know what it was for, like I don't know if we performed them or yeah. if it was just the rehearsal of it that brought us joy. But like we would do the cheerleaders, like it was so,
1: oh god damn. Which which cheerleader did you play, or did you play someone off?
2: I don't remember. If I had to guess, I probably played the girl, but I probably played Cherry. But I I don't. I don't remember. It's all a blur, but I'm like it comes that like comes back to me like sure. bits and pieces and I'm like, Oh yeah, shit, I did that. Yeah. And then in high school, this is so funny because it seems like a compliment <laughs> and like a beautiful like sign of what was to come. But I in high school I was voted most likely to be on SNL, which people wow. have pointed to to be like, wow, and yeah. then you and then you do write for SNL. But I will admit that I think that wasn't a category until I like violently, aggressively <laughs> was like, guys, I think this should be a category. And if yeah. no one If no one, if you can't think of anyone to nominate, like you could nominate me. I'm not saying you should, but so like I was in the yearbook as that, and it's very cute to look back on, except for the fact that it was like very viciously campaigned for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, (laughs) so
1: so this year, as we said, you're, you've, you've guys been uh, elevated to co head writers, uh, you and your writing partner, Sarah Schneider. Yeah. How does that? change your responsibilities even off season before the show starts like what is your how's your summer different other than obviously promoting a movie yeah well you just start to like you know you
2: obviously still have to write a lot of sketches and you know um and try to do a good job on your own stuff but you have to start thinking about the show as a whole which hopefully you know once you've been at the show for a while you're already doing but you think about the whole show and you want to like help new writers and younger writers so you start to like you know where you can be more involved in that kind of thing, of, like, bringing on new people and, like, you know, what what kind of stuff do we want to do this season? Um, it's that, yeah. It's mostly being... Stepping outside yourself and, like, looking at the big picture instead of being so
1: worried about your own sketches. Do you guys go to, like, did you go to, like, there's, I think there's screen tests last week. Do you guys go to the casting now, or? Who knows? No comment. (laughs) Oh, that's even at a no comment? No damn comment. comment.
2: I don't know. I mean, yeah, you get to be involved in any and all things if they happen or have happened or will happen. God damn it. No, but, yeah, like, yeah, you get to kind of be involved, which is, like, so fun to, like, be a part of all that stuff and to, like, kind of help shape the show like a tiny little bit or kind of get to be on those conversations and then like obviously like during the show weeks like you know when after the table read we get to go in and yeah. like help pitch in on like here are some sketches that we would like to see on the show and between dress and air get to give your input so um, but yeah.
0: So you guys <laughs> your first show of the season isn't until October 1st. Uh-huh. But when do you actually, do you not really start working in earnest on that first episode until the week before as you would with any other episode?
2: Yeah. I mean, every show, it's so weird. I remember when I first started or like even in my earlier years, I'd be like, I'm going to write so many ideas (laughs) all summer. So when the first season comes around, I'll be done basically. Like, why is everyone waiting until the first week? Come on, guys. (laughs) We can have eight shows done by the time we get back. And it just is not how it works. Like, you know what I mean? So many of the sketches are responding to things that are happening in the real world. You know, so it's like they're just not going to feel topical if you come up with them too ahead of time. But even the character sketches that, like, you just got to be in the room with the actors that you're writing with and that you're vibing with and that you're improvising with. And so, if you come with too many pre, if you come with too many ideas, I don't know. I've just been burned too many times where I'm like, you just, it's weird, but it really does. It's magic just to like go in on Tuesday and just like shoot the shit with your friends and like that's the good stuff. And like obviously, you know, like the four a.m. stuff is even like. The best of the well, best. I think sometimes that's
1: like, also the show. I um y- that is the process of the show. There's yeah. other ways of writing sketch comedy, which yeah. is fine. But there's a way to write Saturday Night Live. Yeah, which is this way, which is yeah. late at night. Yeah, and you put it together. Um, no, beyond maybe specific ideas. You know, I, I remember I've interviewed Seth Meyers a few times, and he was talking about, you know, I think we're there when Daryl's house happened. Oh yeah, and, and yeah. how. That was a very proud moment for him. And also, because he's a head writer, you can kind of push a, a high concept through committee uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Is there an idea, not necessarily of a character, but, like, something you'd want to do uh-huh. format-wise?
2: Well, I said first and foremost... Um, there will be no more straight characters in any sketches on SNL <laughs> this year now that I'm a, a gay head writer. Oh, only gay sure. people, I don't want to <laughs> see straight characters. They're gone. Okay, yeah. that's... Even that's, if someone doesn't say they're gay, know they're gay. Know the, they're gay. So, <laughs> so if you're just... at The sexuality of a character, like a waiter even, if mm. the waiter is just bringing water, that waiter is gay. Just know sure. that, okay? No. Uh, straight is very 2015. Sure. We've got to be, no, um, uh I don't know if there's anything I would push through. Maybe. I guess we'll see. It's so weird because it really is like a meritocracy. You know what I mean? Like at the table read, like what gets laughs is what goes on the show and like sometimes, you know, then you do it at dress and it it worked really well at the table and it just doesn't work on air and that, that definitely happens but it's not like Lauren or anybody is, are picking sketches for secret reasons yeah, yeah. or like only picking more senior writer sketches over newer, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it is a meritocracy. So anytime I felt like I, I cause we, I, me and Sarah would do that where we would write something our first or second year that wouldn't get on. And then we're like, wow, when we're a fourth year, we're going <laughs> to resubmit that sketch with the power that we now have. Yeah, yeah. And then you like resubmit it and it like fucking eats shit because yeah. a, everyone's like, Oh, this sketch again. And yeah. like, so they know the jokes. And like 99% of the time, there's like a reason it didn't yeah, work, yeah. and that's okay. I mean, most of the stuff that anybody writes yeah. isn't going to work, you know? Um, that being said, there is one video that I will fight very hard for. <laughs> Me and Sarah and Kaden and 80 wrote a video last year that didn't get on, and we were like, okay, we're going to try this again. Yeah. Um, but I love that I'm telling you this now, and you will probably not see it, and we'll probably eat shit again just like I. Ate.
1: Well, yeah, have some time. I feel like
2: I'll know it. I hope so.
1: <laughs> that's exciting. That's funny.
2: When you see some uh, uh, funny – you were saying
1: you'll know it when you see an the one that was, <laughs> that was pushed through. Well, I feel like there's the sketches that always – you always kind of hear they're pushed through or they kind of have that uh, late night feel mm-hmm. like this is not – it's a dumb idea and that's kind of what is funny about it.
2: I don't know, but those aren't, to me, what you're saying, aren't examples of ones that are pushed through. Like sure. to me, No, like, no, I'm, that's too different Oh, things. yeah, because, like, the, I mean... I'm the, thinking like, of what you're talking about, yeah, which is yeah, yeah. this is
1: what something that no one else thinks is funny. Oh, but, yeah,
2: interesting. But, yeah, those, like, late night, like, those, like, sure. second to last, last sketch of the night are sometimes, like, they're so meticulous. crazy often. But, yeah. like, when they work, they're, like, some of the most, like, memorable sketches that, you know what I mean? Like, those are the ones that so many, like, real... SNL fans remember for the longest amount of time. You know what I mean? Because they're not topical. They're not tied to anything. They're just good old-fashioned like weirdo (laughs) sketches.
0: (laughs) So the week at SNL is obviously really kind of structured. You have Monday's pitch day and Tuesday's writing day and Wednesday's the read-through. From your perspective, which day of the Saturday Night Live week is the most stressful one? And how will that change, if at all, now that you're a head writer?
2: Um, every scheduling issue will be solved every now. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they're all like stressful, but fun in a good way. I mean, the good thing about SNL is it's just so fast paced and like no day is the same. You know what I mean? You're not just, you're not just sitting in a writer's room every day, all day. Like, you know, like you just said, like every day has like a fully different agenda and Writing night's Tuesday. Wednesday, you're at a table read, and the show's picked. Thursday, you're rewriting. Friday, you're blocking. Saturday's the show. So there's no real stasis. There's no time to be like, oh, I'm bored, (laughs) because there's just no time. Um, The most stressful can be, like, a Thursday or a Friday where you're, like, rewriting all the sketches. And if you have multiple sketches in, like, on a good week, if I – me and Sarah would have, like, a – maybe like a video and then like mm-hmm. one or two live sketches, it's great because you get so much stuff on and it's like so fun, but then you are rewriting on Thursday and you are blocking your live sketch and then you're trying to make sure that your video sketch is rewritten as soon as possible because the production team yeah. needs is like scouting locations and like building sets with that at that exact moment. And so you've got to make sure your rewrite is in very quickly because if, if it's too late, then you're just screwing over the whole crew and so that's that's like a tough day to kind of balance all of the Mm -hmm. all of the stuff because so many people are waiting on you you know
1: you mentioned uh live sketches i feel like there's the sketches that people know that you and sarah did which tend to be the video ones usually Uh songs just you can list sketches that people might not know that you did that especially the non-video ones because i feel like Uh there's such a ambiguity of who actually kind of comes up with ideas Uh uh-huh can you just name sketches that you can name
2: sketches Oh my god! When you ask that, I can't remember a single sketch. Like my face, like my entire <laughs> brain like, is blank. That's I? like when that's like on like on a show week. Somebody will be like, "Who hosted last week?" And then all of us are like, "I have no idea." Like you just forget because you're yeah. moving so fast. Your brain just dies on you. Yeah, video. Oh god, I don't know. I mean, this is not a, like a little known maybe, but I, we write like the political stuff. We sure. write like Hillary, and we write the Bernie Sanders stuff. Um we write Tonker Bell. Ever heard of her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you can tell just by the name, but she's the trashier uh, half-sister of Tinker Bell. Mm-hmm. We write a lot of, like, weirdo character sketches with AD Bryant yeah. and Kate McKinnon, who we, like, we write, um, Kate does this, like, Russian peasant character on Weekend Update um, that started, there was, like, a news story in the news maybe my first season or second season where there was like a meteor that was about to maybe hit or come close to Russia. Yeah. And we came up with this character of like this woman in Russia who was like, great, great. Thank God. Please, finally. Please please (laughs) take me away from this living hell. And then we just, it was, it didn't need to come back because it was tied to a topical story, but Kate was so funny and so like over the top and so like, God, she's just such a fun live performer that we've done it like eight times now, just off the strength yeah. of she's so fun to watch, you know?
1: You um, you mentioned the character stuff. It feels like over the last couple of years characters have been much more frequently reoccurring on weekend update opposed to you know, like Kristen Wiig's run of kind of like yeah, sketches around yeah. a person. Do you, have you noticed that shift? Do you think there's a reason? Well, you're saying there's less. There's the the there's less reoccurring characters yeah. inside the sketch portion, and seemingly as many, if not more, during the weekend update portion.
2: Interesting. I don't know. Um, I, I've heard somebody else say this, and I'll steal this. But it's interesting because. First of all, I'm a huge proponent of, like, characters yeah, and recurring sure. sketches, and, like, it's fun. It's like, you know, when you watch it as an audience, it's, like, exciting to see mm-hmm. that person, like, to see that, you know, that little tee sometimes they do in commercials, yeah. and you can see the set, and you're like, oh, it's that character. Like, that's fun. But at the same time, it's also interesting because... When we were growing up, because we're so, so fucking old. No, but when we were growing up, y- you didn't have the internet. Like, these yeah. sketches weren't available 24-7. And so, oftentimes, the only way you could see a character sketch was if it, like, came back and we yeah. did it again. Whereas now, you can watch your favorite character sketches online. And that doesn't mean we should never do recurring sketches, but you have to be more cognizant of that. Because it's, like, it's, people can so- watch it whatever yeah, yeah. they want. So, you kind of want to always be creating new things. Um, yeah, yeah I, remember. I remember because a good old fashioned character sketch is still often the best. Yeah, like that, yeah. That, that that sketch. I didn't write this at all. I have no connection to it except I stood on right next to the camera and watched it live because I was so I loved it so much. That Kate McKinnon, like alien abduction sketch. Yeah. Where, like, she oh my just, god, she that wasn't abducted. <laughs> she wasn't abducted in the same way that the other two were, and yeah. she like got the raw end into the. And she wrote that with Streeter Seidel and Mikey Day, yeah. and it was just a perfect standalone character sketch and they're like they are like fewer and far between sometimes and but then like the videos get a lot of credit and i do think we do like a lot of great video work of course but then you forget you're like ooh, when you get like a perfect live wire live sketch character right character right sketch you can just feel it and like it was like 39th in the read through at the table read. It was like not like yeah, at yeah. the top. I think it just kind of slipped in through the cracks, and then it went so well at the table. And you people like a couple of us had, were gathered around it like the dress rehearsal, watching it from the yeah. floor because we were like, be, "This yeah, will be." Yeah, there
1: is something exciting about you know SNL, especially as a as a live show, as a performer show. I remember when the first time. Bex did uh, Baby Boss.
2: Oh yeah, oh, well, we write that with him. That's, a, yeah. I guess, a
1: surprise one. I don't yeah, know. there you go. That's <laughs> our, where it felt. There's almost like, it feels dangerous because you're just like they're doing yeah. this thing. It's oh, so, totally, totally. And the camera's right on them.
2: First of all, to say that me and Sarah write that with him is so stupid <laughs> because it's like. It's all him. I mean, like, our writing is, like, business people being like, here are the files, businessman. Like, the writing for it, if you, like, saw the script, is the worst writing you've ever seen in your life. Like, trying to write dry business dialogue is harder than comedy. (laughs) Like, all those, like, (laughs) first three sentences that people say at the top of the sketch, I spend 90% of the time writing that. (laughs) But, but yeah, Beck is so incredible. And his, like, physicality is so fun. And you're like, oh, yeah, that is, like, live SNL. Yeah, that's why. It feels like what's, yeah, it's great. Um, The thing I loved about the
0: alien abduction sketch also is just that it felt like that could have been on Saturday Night Live in any decade.
1: Oh, totally. Exactly. You know, it would have worked
0: because it was just it was just funny. And and obviously a lot of what you guys do is topical and is great for that reason. But that was just like a great classic SNL
2: sketch. Yeah. I mean, and the show needs both. You know what I mean? Like the show, like some people want only character sketches or some people want only like high, you know, Expensive, well-produced videos, and they think they want that, but I don't think they really do. I think they're, they, I think they would be wrong, proven wrong. <laughs> yeah. You know,
1: I think, uh, I think that uh, Seth put it this way to me, which was, in a way, no one should like the entire show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a variety show, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a,
1: so yeah. like, there's people that like this, fi- the ten to ones, and there's people that right. like kind of a broader, and yeah. that's the show. It's not, you know, it's not just Key and Peele, which is two people with kind of a singular point of view. It's yeah. it's a lot of people now. Do you guys feel – do you th- do you think you're – are you excited or are you ready to kind of be able to have to write in different people – help people with different types of perspectives?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think you just want to, like I – you mean, now that we're yeah, yeah. co-head writers. Um, yeah, that's the thing people have asked, like, you know, now that it's, like, your reign, what will the voice be? And yeah. it's, like, that's not really, like, how it works. You know what I yeah. mean? And, like, I I would never be able to be, like, I'm one of the head writers now. This is how the show's – get like, that I couldn't yeah. do it if I wanted to, which I don't. But, like – the show won't change drastically because, like, the show survives and is good because it has a thousand different voices. You know, it has, like, however many, like, 15 cast members or whatever and writers. Yeah. And um, you want all the voices to be different. And so there's no really, like, you know, even as a head, other head writers, like, their job isn't to, like, take someone else's sketch and then, like, slightly put it in their voice. Yeah, it's yeah. to, like, make help just make sure that sketch is, like, produced as well as it can yeah. be and, like, has the best jokes and... In it for what that sketch is is, is trying to be. Um so yeah, I don't know.
0: You mentioned <laughs> earlier that you guys have done a lot of the political um yeah, sketches yeah. from last season, like burn your enthusiasm and the, yeah. the Hillary Clinton stuff. How did that come about? Is it were you guys particularly you and Sarah interested in politics or how did that stuff get steered your way?
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge I I love politics to the point where it's like making me sick now. Are you guys <laughs> yeah. like feel I always feel like I'm slightly ill from just watching so much political coverage? Like it's just yeah. So gross and mean, and like it's just trash, sort of. Like, it's 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 just it's like this, this election is like I think wearing on all of us. Yeah. That being said, I cannot stop watching it. I yeah. love it. I always like you know, yeah. in 2008, before I was on the show, I like loved all the Palin stuff. I just was like, oh god, I wish I could be there doing yeah. that. So, yes, I, I, I think we are very excited and care about politics a lot and are like read and watch a lot. Um, but then also we kind of came about it from just like we write with Kate McKinnon a lot and we I share an office with her and she's mm-hmm. one of my best friends at the show and so we knew she was going to be playing Hillary so when it came time for her we were like, it was a conversation at the show of like, when do we do Hillary the first time? Because we did her the first time not this last season but yeah. the season before so it's been a, this has been a long election, guys. <laughs> yeah, But um,
1: well, she's been running since I know, I know. a different she's person. Been run, she's been
2: running since like 1960 yeah. something. But so once you, it's kind of the same as any character. Yeah, Once you write a character the first time, that's your character that you write. And so... Now, Kate and Sarah and I always write Hillary. Yeah. And then, of course, we started writing Bernie as well because the first sketch was Kate and Bernie. And so, yeah. like, then you, you just kind of grow your world because you started with
1: Hillary. Do um, you, you mentioned that now you're a character. She, Kate is now, like, the seventh person to play Hillary yeah. because it's like Jane Hooks played Hillary and then and Ann, Anna Gassire played Hillary.
2: Yeah. Do and you, then, yeah. And,
1: and, in what ways do you feel like she's playing the same Hillary or is she playing this is a completely new? Yeah, I think, is it like I think, a new Spider Man? Like, how yes, do you guys This really... is a reboot. No,
2: um, I don't know. I think I think Kate is. I I don't know because I was never at the show when yeah. the, those other people were. I mean, obviously, I've seen the sketches and stuff, but um, Kate is just a brilliant performer and. Um, kind of made it her own, you know what I mean? So I think there are some similarities because you're portraying the same person, so there are, there is overlap, you know what I mean? Like, people have yeah. played Hillary as ambitious or as maybe, like, um, not as, like, naturally charismatic or, like, maybe trying too hard or, like, not coming off the way she so desperately wants. Yeah. But, like, I think Kate, you know, amplifies some parts of her personality and then Amy amplified others, or, yeah. you know what I mean? There's some overlap and there's some differences. Um, but I think what's good about Kate is Kate can really, like, we can really write some good jokes that are, like, a little hard and a little at Hillary's expense. And that makes some good points about her because Kate plays her with such love. And mm-hmm. the, the portrayal is coming from a place of like loving her and yeah, like yeah. feeling compassionate towards her and being like, you are a woman who is so smart and <laughs> has worked so hard and is so, you know, and, yeah. and you want it so bad. That it's like, oh, there's, Kate brings out like the vulnerabilities in a way that where she's like, has empathy for her. You know what I mean? Like, she's not like, Ooh, like fuck Hillary. I'm going to yeah. take her down with <laughs> yeah. this. And none of us feel that way. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't be fun if we felt that way because yeah. no one wants to watch. The, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it's a portrayal that's like can poke fun at her, but it's still loving. Yeah. Which, which is, I don't know. Anything, anytime Kate plays anybody, she makes them fun. You yeah. Know? So. Well, there is a you,
1: there's certain funness of how her performances. Yeah. Definitely. God, she's great. <laughs> she is. Yeah.
0: And, and, and Last season, you had both candidates on the show: Trump for an entire yeah, yeah. episode, and also uh, uh, yeah. Hillary Clinton for a sketch. Um, can you talk about that experience of having the politicians kind of in the room? Especially Trump, because he he was there for an entire episode. Yeah. What was that like?
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and I are now very close. No? <laughs> sure.
0: I can tell from your tweets. <laughs> he, yeah, he's
2: actually one of my dearest, dearest friends. Now, um I'm actually gonna say I don't like love Donald Trump, and I'm gonna answer the Hillary portion of that. No, um uh, it, i I didn't work as closely with with Donald either because I didn't like Hillary like I don't write the Donald Trump character even so I'm not as much like a part of that world like it it wouldn't have even been like me, that would be yeah, writing yeah, yeah. for that character. Because, um, again, it's just the way the cookie crumbles. Like, you know, like, I know Kate, and so I write with her. And the other people have been writing the Donald Trump stuff, which might change now that it's the general election and we all merge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all, mm-hmm. like, combine forces or something. But um, I just happened to be on the Democratic side of the writing stuff. Um, and the Hillary stuff was – it was so cool when she was there because we were all, like, so nervous and we knew – at the beginning of the week and so we were like okay what is this sketch gonna be it's gonna be perfect and good for her and like (laughs) um yes we did that bartender sketch where Kate as Hillary is talking to Hillary playing Val the bartender and I don't know she came in and she was so professional and like lovely and nice and normal and like kind of everything you would want her to be and also so like great like as soon as she met me and Sarah she walked up and she was like Chris Sarah nice to meet you and i was like oh damn you are good and every time she referred to us she'd be like Chris Sarah thank you Chris and Sarah Sarah Chris oh god look at Chris and Sarah and it was like oh you are like it was like watching a masterclass of like being like a political like it was yeah. great it was so cool um
1: did it then inform you, I,
2: I truly was expecting her to be, like, how are your sisters, Katie and Janelle? How's yes. your dog hair? Like, so, like, I would not have been surprised. Um, but she was great, and she came in, and she had to, like, we went into a music rehearsal, and we sang, like, Lean On Me, yeah. and she was just the best. Yeah. And all we did, me and Kate and Sarah, was just, like, make little eyes at each other, like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And she, like, did every joke. Like, she yeah. didn't. she didn't come in and say, like, I can't do this. Or, like, she just came in and read it and, like did it and it was great and she's good she's gr- really yeah. good she's really funny she's great
1: i remember when i she was on the colbert report one time and she was really funny i was like yeah she could be president <laughs> o- only after you knew that she could be yeah funny. after she and i was like yeah i can see that because i
2: is it <laughs> I, I feel like her vibe or the thi- one of the things about her is that she's not funny or that like she's not like you know the bill's the yes, charismatic yeah. one or bill's the one with a sense of humor and she's like sort of like a no fun stick in the mud and like I mean, I can't really say, like, I worked with her one day and, like, guys, I know Hillary well. But, like, I, I wasn't the vibe by God. And yeah. I'm not even just saying that as, like, a Hillary fan. I, like, you know, I, she was really funny and normal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, this is, like, this is, like, a narrative we've created for her that, like, yeah. sucks. And it didn't, like, ring true to me, I guess.
0: Right.
1: I, I I think I heard you guys talk about how fun it was to have Larry David host. Oh, God, yeah. I think Sarah said it's the best ever. What what was it? It was that, one, like, he seemed to have a true yeah, blast yeah, yeah. doing it. But, yeah. like, was it also because he's a comedy writer? Like, what makes him a good host? What makes someone yeah. a great host?
2: I mean, I think a good host is just someone who is, like, yes, who says yes. And is like, oh, I'm down for anything. I'm down to do, I'm down to play to my strengths, but I'm also down to like look a little dumb and try yeah. something completely crazy that might work or might not work. And then just sort of like surrenders to the week and is like, sure, whatever the hell this is going to be, it'll be. Um But Larry was great because as you may recall from earlier in this podcast, I was obsessed with Seinfeld. Sure. <laughs> um, but I, so he, yeah, when we found out he was going to do it and we were going to be writing Bernie for him and then with him. Yeah. It was cool. He was, he would just come in and, and he was so funny and. Like super supportive of like the stuff we had written, but then would also pitch jokes that were great, and yeah, you could just tell he was like, it was like an icing on the cake thing where it's like yeah. he didn't like expect this to all of a sudden happen, and <laughs> yeah. then it was like so fun, and it was fun for yeah. him, and um, it was very cool. Was... You
1: you first worked with him that's in that's in forty, right? You guys did the Q and A.
2: Oh yeah, I don't even know if we met, I met him then. Me and Sarah John Mulaney. Me and Sarah yeah. wrote that with John Mulaney, but. I mean,
1: John Mulaney was. Here the guy. is a
2: real spoiler alert. That was a real John Mulaney piece. Like we, we it kind felt of, very John. Mulaney. Yeah, we were there to like help on that one, but we weren't like. I wouldn't like claim credit for that, no. and like I, I think we, me, uh, yeah, I don't think I even met him. Weirdly, that was a, John. John gives you guys a lot of credit. That's nice. Well, John's a fucking liar. No, yeah. that's nice. No, we <laughs> that, were that we asshole th- for we telling. We you. were there, and like w- a lot of the, because a lot the way the 40th worked is a lot of writers came back. Yeah. To help and also to be like, you know, like Celebrity Jeopardy, the original yeah. writers would be like, I'll come write that. And then Seth Meyers wrote that one. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the real people came and did it. And so for the current writers who maybe, like, didn't have their character on, they were sort of, like, on deck to, like, help. I'll pitch jokes on this. I'll pitch yeah. jokes on that. But I can't claim ownership for that. Right. But John is nice. Th- that is very nice. <laughs> to say.
0: So I know you can't comment on casting changes and things like that. But I, I have to ask. Obviously, with Jay Farrow departing and Obama still being in office for just a precious few more months, Uh is there a a plan in place? You don't have to say what the plan is, but is there a plan in place for what you're going to do with Obama?
2: I don't know. (laughs) I I don't know that there is a plan. This isn't me being, like, cagey on a podcast. (laughs) I don't know what the plan is. Um, And also, like, frankly, I mean, I don't know anything could happen. I mean, maybe, like, a huge story will happen and we'll need Obama out there front and center. But, like, even just Mm -hmm. in recent past, it's been so... Hillary Trump that and, you know, because when the season starts, there's the presidential debates, yeah. there's the vice presidential debates. I mean, there's so much going on that like I mean, you we'll you m- won't we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but I don't know. Yeah, you
1: probably only need Obama like twice I truly tw- don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll see. <laughs> we may all find out at the exact same time, the three of us. Yeah, we'll get a text, and be like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you cast. might find out before me, and then please tell me. Yeah, you know. later. <laughs> uh
1: do you know who's gonna host? <laughs> No, I don't. This
2: is me being cagey on a podcast. So
1: it (laughs) seems like
2: I'm not being cagey in general. No, I know. I know know the question. I'm not not allowed to fucking answer. I'll ask. So I'll (laughs) ask
1: this question, which is not: What do you feel like the host of the? You know, I wrote a piece about who I think is going to host.
2: Ooh. Okay. Okay. I'm. Wait. I'm
1: not going to give you a response. But I. Okay. I,
2: I rank them. I'm going to say no comment regardless, so don't read anything else, but I want to know what was your guess. Sure.
1: So I ranked the most likely, and so it wasn't going, Simone Biles was my number three most likely, but then she tweeted that she wanted to be on it, then deleted the tweet, which seems like her people are like, you got to delete this tweet if you're going to (laughs) host So, then, so she, then, what did that do she to your moved, ranking She of moved her? to number one. Af- oh, when it was deleted. So, so, you so now, so made. like, so then, so I think Simone, maybe with the crew. Got it. Got it. N- is most likely then Kevin Hart. Okay, hasn't hosted in a year. He has his okay. special on the 14th. Oh my God! Um, studying know, your facial. I know this is. <laughs> I know. Oh, who was number three? Uh, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has two oh, movies yeah, this yeah. fall. Hasn't yeah, hosted yeah. in ten years. Ten years. That, that is crazy. Right. That yeah, is It's crazy. like nine years. But he's hosted like
2: five. Is he a five-timers club? Yeah, yeah he is. Because yeah. he had the five-timers oh, yeah, yeah, club yeah.
1: sketch that we all know. Well, I have no comment, but that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, four or five was Sudeikis has never hosted. Sudeikis oh, yeah, has a yeah, movie yeah. and a yeah, TV yeah. show. Kristen Wiig could come back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach Alfinakis. And God. I think those were the most likely. All and right, then it was right, the right. crazy ones, which were uh, Lynn manuel Miranda, uh-huh. since he's off the show, can do that. Uh-huh. Um <laughs>
2: why are we even doing this? Because I'm not gonna give you anything. I know, I just, it's like I, this is only fun this for It's bad podcasting, but he's making many faces. <laughs> no, I'm not but nothing that gives any answer. I, don't I know. do
1: think uh <laughs> all these people will host eventually. The craziest one is said Leslie Jones will host. Uh,
2: to, while she's a cast member. Yeah,
1: to be like, take this trolls. But I just oh, did that to be like put nice energy on. Oh, that nice. seems unlikely.
2: That's that's great. That's
1: great. All right.
0: Well, let me ask you this hosting question. You said earlier like the, the best hosts are obviously the ones who are super game. Yeah. To just try anything. Yeah. Uh, in addition to Larry David, who have been some of the hosts that you've worked with that have, have fallen in the Oh, category?
2: God. I love Chris Hemsworth. He was a great host. <laughs> He's so funny. Yeah. Uh And he's just, like, such, like, a guy. You know what I mean? Just, like, I don't know. He's just, like, man. Uh, You know? But he's, (laughs) like, funny and wonderful and normal and nice and, like, great. Yeah. He's great. I love Chris. And also, I think Chris Hemsworth hosted, like, two years back to back like for a reason yeah. when you see that happen you can tell it's because we all were like yes you're good you're great we love being around you um i really liked uh channing tatum mm-hmm. he was maybe my second season because he was again he was somebody who was super great funny normal nice and also channing is like one of, it's also good when a host can like sing dance act yeah. it is just like a showman mm-hmm. like you know what i mean like the ariana grande was so great and so i feel like good. people were so surprised that you i don't know
1: i or so maybe, maybe they they not watch. They probably didn't watch Salmon Cat.
0: Or they just. I watched just, Sam and Cat. I watched I a lot of Salmon.
1: She's Cat. really good in Salmon Cat. She uses it for no reason. A transatlantic accent.
2: Really? Or they? Or they, maybe they just didn't have expectations for her. I don't yeah. know why. But people always say she was great. But like they surprised. Uh, she surprised them. But she was. She was great. Yeah. People who are like multi-talented.
1: Yeah. Are, mm-hmm. I remember always like The Rock. Oh I remember yeah, when The Rock yeah, hosted yeah. the first time. Was like, why is he not hosting every Oscar? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Those are the yeah those are the ones who
2: who come to mind first.
1: Um, I'm going to ask you uh, a really nerdy question, sketch question, because I talked to Michael Bryan and he seemed to like talking about this. So. Okay, okay. Um, there's a thing that SNL does semi often, which is they kind of in the third beat undercut the premise of the uh-huh, sketch. Uh-huh. So. Uh, you probably to explain to the listener, you know, in when you see movie trailers, yeah. when they're like, you'll have the New York Times says, who cast this thing?
2: Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. like yeah. the
1: uh, the other one is cut to Keenan going, you guys are crazy. Yeah, yeah. How you know, Mike O'Brien, <laughs> you know, because he's talking about how the writers do that, but Lauren doesn't like it, but uh-huh. the audience in the studio likes that. Yeah. What is your personal opi- opinion about? kind of...
2: Oh, God, I don't know. I I know what you're talking about. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Well, it's... SNL is an interesting place to work, especially when you're writing live sketches, because it really trains you to write in certain ways. And, like, yeah. the way you write a film piece is different than you write a a, a live sketch. Um, sometimes, you know, me and Sarah have talked about that we... We go back and forth, because sometimes we'll be like, we write a... We, we prefer some of the film pieces, because you can... Um, get quieter laughs or you you can do something that you know is like funny and really funny but that will play really well at home like the audience at home likes it Um, but that like isn't going to live or die and like if every if every (laughs) joke doesn't get a laugh it's not going to be like this piece is trash whereas like a live sketch sometimes there is a pressure where it's like every joke needs to get a laugh from like the live people in the audience immediately too immediately and if it doesn't it's like that joke is bad and then you're under the bleachers being like, but no, that joke's not bad. I just, you know, these people are wrong, but the people at home love it. <laughs> yeah. But then also, like, no. Like, sometimes if a joke doesn't work, like, that's okay. Yeah. 300 people didn't laugh at it. Like, all 300 of these people aren't wrong. Like, yeah. you know. So it's a weird push and pull because then, like, we'll say we be, like, doing the the video sketches because we can, like, do things that are, like, quiet and yeah. smart. <laughs> and You know what I mean? Like, and you get so pretentious about it. But then you're like, oh no. When you write a live sketch and you get, like, hundreds of people laughing in the room then you're like, ooh, but that feels good. like yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes you're like, you make excuses for why jokes don't work live because you're like, God, these people, these don't yeah. fucking know real comedy. And then you're like, yeah. okay, no, it just didn't work. And that's yeah. it. So it's like a constant mind fuck of you trying to like justify why something doesn't work oh or why I only write pieces like this. But I, my perfect week would have be if I could write like a live sketch for like a Kate or an 80 or a character sketch that yeah. they love and you're like servicing a performer and you just get to watch them like fucking – break through a wall or something and just like have the audience eat it up and then write your quiet little like comedy piece that you're like, Ooh, that was sad though. And I got you guys (laughs) to put it on the show. You know, that's like my dream. Yeah. Yeah. I think Mike is good at that. Mike has gotten so many videos on the show that are like so funny, but like so sad and like literally one somber. And I just, God, I fucking just love him. I just, it's just great. And it's like, you need, I, or at least for me, I, I need sketches like that on the show because yeah. people want that, and I love that. And if I was home, that's what I would love. But also, like we were saying before, it shouldn't be all that. It should no. also be the character sketches. Can't you know, just know be what I mean? Sad but it's
1: mouths like, for ninety minutes would be. Okay. Though I would, I would chip in at least hundred dollars to finance that film. <laughs>
2: Mike, you've got a hundred dollars. <laughs>
1: you no, know, that that one is that and the uh, Monster Pals yeah. my family, and they're oh, so yeah. sad. They're so sad. But I
2: they're oh, I love them, and it's so nice when when a sketch yeah. like that, like for you know,
1: yeah. As as part of the mix, totally.
0: Of the sketches of yours that have gotten cut, uh, which one just really still bothers you that it didn't make air?
1: Still bothers me. Well, the
2: one that I talked about that I'm going to try to jam through this year. No, um, (laughs) oh, we we wrote (laughs) me and my friend Sarah. uh, We wrote a sketch for Paul Rudd. Uh, a couple years ago and it was based on something that we had been through and like so many of our actor friends had been through and we loved it and I do stand by it and it like killed at the table and it was really I do think it actually really was funny but it was just so small and so like nuanced that it just like the dumb idiots in the audience didn't laugh and I want I actually I want whoever was in the audience to write in and own up to and I want to know why they didn't laugh no but it was um, it was a guy uh, this isn't even going to sound funny to explain but just promise me ahead of time you know this is funny I know uh, I'll fake laugh just so you no, don't but, feel but it was like uh, it was a guy going in for an audition and him being like um, like hi my name is Mike and um, I'm represented by CAA and I'm here reading for the role of man who smells pa- uh, uh, fart at a party and they're like okay just go and then he's like uh uh-huh. And then he just stops and he like very quietly smells a fart. And then he's like, and scene. And that's the whole audition. And then the whole the whole audition is just the auditioners being like, that's so great. Okay, we're going to take it one more time. And actually, the fart is bigger. So just remember the <laughs> fart is huge. Okay, yeah. really great. We love what you're doing. And then him asking questions like now at the party, like, did it was I invited to the party or did I show up to the party? Yeah. And they're sort of like, I don't know. I think you're just sort of like whatever. And then the fart. So it's just like a lot of like very mundane, dry audition talk, but about a fart. And it's so stupid to now... Say this out loud, but it really I made us laugh. I think that's loud. a good
1: idea for a sketch. Oh, god
2: damn it! Thank you.
1: Do you we, feel like the audience has just has no frame of reference for I think, auditions?
2: I think that audience. I think they were monsters, and I think they were homophobic <laughs> against me. And no, um, I don't know. I think it was like, oh my god, and Paul Rudd was so funny in it because he was so like subtle. God, I loved it, but and it was good because everyone liked it, and it just didn't work, and that was okay. And it was like one of those nice sketches where, like, you could feel even Lauren was like, "Well, I they didn't just go, they just didn't go for it. No big deal." Like, and then we did try it again um, <laughs> last year, and it I, it also got cut, <laughs> and that goes to show you, it's like, you try to like yeah. jam another a sketch in because you think you know with power or ex, you know more seasons under your belt, like you got the trick, and you just don't. Sometimes they don't,
1: they don't work. Well, that's like the. Uh... <laughs> What's what's his name? I can't. Even, uh, Al Franken. The the sketch that he always why uh, on Thirty Rock. The sketch they always show is Fart Doctor because oh, yeah, that was the yeah, sketch that yeah. Al Franken be like. I have this idea for a sketch. It's about a <laughs> Fart Doctor.
2: I know it really sounds like I wrote Fart Doctor. I think I guess I did write Fart Doctor. Yeah, we did it again with Julie Louis Dreyfus when she was there, and she was one of the auditioners, mm-hmm. and I think Beck was auditioning, and it yeah. was like it went. Well, Julie was funny in it, it. Was Beck was great. Yeah, things just don't. Sometimes don't things work. don't Some work. Some things just don't work. So I guess the moral is I've got to try one more time. Yeah, I
1: think so. <laughs> I, I can remember, you know, Jason kept talking about how many times you try to get Main Justice through. Mm-hmm. And he got it through. And it's one yeah. of my favorite sketches. Yeah. And you're like, how did that not work? And you're like, oh, wait, because it makes no sense. And yeah, <laughs> once you think about the logic for a second, you're like,
2: wait. But it's well, great. It's just pure performance yeah. commitment. It's so, like, batshit crazy. But it's also funny.
1: a thing where you can imagine a live audience... Their confusion would make them make noise and laugh because they're like, "What is this?" Or, I love it, or be completely silent. Yeah,
2: either way, you don't know. So
1: it took them eight years to find an audience. <laughs> that was like,
2: "No, this is good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so funny.
1: So uh, you can obviously you can't talk about uh, the politics of Taryn and Jay leaving. Um, and I, I don't, you don't have to. But before you were on the show, did you like talking about that stuff? Like, did you follow SNL? You know, like I, I talk about how like I follow SNL all year round. Like someone might follow baseball. you are like, this uh-huh. is the off season. Like who's yeah. getting, who's joining, who's getting cast. Even like, you know, when you're coming up in, in, at Groundlings or UCB, were, did you follow the comings and goings of the show?
2: Yeah, I guess a little bit, maybe not obsessively or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you at least aware of it, especially when you start to like. Dip your toe in the comedy world, and you're starting to meet people that like are auditioning, yeah. or maybe you're sending in packets. You become very aware of who's coming and going. But yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> it's like fun. I guess it's like a baseballs. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah. It, that's I that's, know. that's it. I, didn't, I knew you were going to answer. I was like, I wonder if you would have wanted to talk about it if you could. And I <laughs> imagine you do.
2: <laughs> so your question is like, you're being cagey. Do you like that you're being cagey, or do you regret? Well, I that think you're being... <laughs> you
1: probably do. Well, I think that's probably one of the most. Fun, you know, it is a fun part a little bit that you're like, oh, these are the, this is that part that I was never in before. Like, yeah, the information I yeah. don't have.
2: I guess, yeah.
1: Um, let's talk about the movie. Oh yeah, it's, oh, yeah. it's a,
2: that's why you're here. It's huh? a great movie. I can talk about
1: casting of the movie. <laughs> Who's going to be in the cast of the movie that's out this weekend? <laughs> so, but let's talk about the cast. Um, Molly, obviously, specifically, you're, you know, you yeah. talked about how seminal that period of snl was and the way what was the process to get molly did you you know go through snl for that how, yeah. how did that happen
2: um well first the movie other people is is uh like a drama about a um a, a, i guess a version of me uh it's like lucy autobiographical who moves, moves home to be with his mother who's sick with cancer and the log line of that is very serious mm-hmm. and um i didn't like want to try to shy away from the dramatic parts of the experience or whatever. But I really wanted funny people in it. I wanted, uh, because I wanted the movie not to just be nonstop drama and sadness and tears and this horrible, like, slog for 90 minutes. Um, And so I really just wanted funny people in it. People who, and maybe even people who, you only had ever seen do comedy yeah. or mostly had seen do comedy. And Molly, I don't know. Molly was just the first person I was like, I was like a Molly Shannon type almost. Cause I sure. didn't like presume that we could get her, that she would be interested. But I just, when we finally went out to her, we just sent her a script. And yeah. I was like, they were like, she might, I think she's reading it now. She might call you soon. And then I got a call like in a minute later and I was like, Oh God, Oh God, here it is. Here it <laughs> is. Okay. And then she loved it. She was very nice and was yeah. like on the phone call was like, I'll do it. And I was like, like, for real, like, this is the commitment? Like, I was, like, trying to, like, suss out if this. was like, yeah. yeah. You know? uh, is this was, like, in LA? This I'll do it. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. in New York, <laughs> I'll do it. I need your blood. I need you to <laughs> sign in blood. Um, no, but she was so nice. And then we we met, and we would start getting coffees, and I went to her house for dinner. And, like, yeah. it just became very clear that she really liked the script, and I really liked her. And um, it just felt like a good match. And before that, Jesse Plemons had also signed on long before, like maybe sure. a year before. He was one of the first people who... Um, just committed to doing it and cared about the script and like honestly if it wasn't for him I don't think it would have happened because I think him attaching himself to the movie sure. and being like I declare that I care about this like really helped yeah, people yeah. be like okay okay well, this is a movie there's, oh, okay. there's
1: an actor and everything yeah
2: and so we just slowly but surely started getting cast um, and then you know when there were enough to show like someone a list to be like can you give us money for these people you know what I mean then you know yeah. you just kind of it's an indie movie so yeah, you yeah. just slowly but surely build it up
0: With Molly, the fact that you both had connections to Saturday Night Live, do you think that had any effect in terms of her 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 wanting to do it? it? I don't know.
2: I don't know, because I had yeah. never met her before. We didn't overlap. We weren't mm-hmm. at the show at the same time. And actually, when she was at the 40th, I just recently told her this. When she was at the 40th anniversary, she did Mary Catherine Gallagher on the show real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was there. And I knew at that time that I was going to send her the script soon That I, or that I wanted to. I wanted like yeah. permission to be able to like reach out to her. And so I was like, should I go say hi as a fan and tell her this? But I'm like, the last thing someone wants is a stranger to come up to you and be like, I have a movie script that you'd be good And You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's going to look like – I'm going to look yeah. like a lunatic. I should chill. I'm not going to meet her. I'm not going to say anything. And then if it happens, it'll be great. And sure. so we never met. I never said hi. Um, so I don't know if she, like, saw that SNL was on my resume and yeah. liked that or if that helped. But – Maybe it's just like a nice coincidence, I guess. Yeah.
1: Was there ever a moment of like, maybe I'll be in the movie. Did you, you know, I I feel like sometimes, especially with indies, they like the idea of like the writer director star.
2: No, I don't think so. Um, No, I don't know. I didn't even think I was going to direct it necessarily. I mean, like I didn't know part of this. I, I, I didn't. Like every step of this has been like a surprise to me. So yeah. I wrote it just to see if I could. Just I'd never written a feature before. I'd never written something that was in this like kind of dramatic tone before. So I just wrote it as a script just to try. Um, and I had didn't really have a lot of directing experience before. I had directed a couple shorts at The Onion and Funnier Die, but like certainly nothing that screamed like, give this man a feature <laughs> yeah. film. So... Uh, yeah. So I couldn't have like also been like, and I'm going to act in it and yeah. I'll score it. And you know, I'm, like, <laughs> no, I was like, no, I was like biting off a lot just to have written it and then directed. Yeah. it. So no. And also like, no, I mean, and also like, I, I never thought I should be in it. But then if, if I had ever like thought that the first moment I saw Jesse act, I was like, oh yeah, no, 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 I should not, <laughs> you should be doing this, not me. Like you are an actor. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: No, that's interesting. Because <laughs> I remember Mike Shaw Walter always talks about how he was forced to star in the Baxter
2: he was forced to star in it. Basically, not the people. The financiers
1: like, were like. But we also,
2: need... Michael Showalter was like a person. Then, I know. Right? Like I'm not a per. Like you know I me. Mean? Well, I think he, he
1: probably wanted Paul Rudd to do it. But he, <laughs>
2: but he had performed. He was yeah. a performer, yeah. and people knew who that was. Like no one's like. There was no one behind the scenes. I was like, yeah, that was the real story. Everyone was like, Chris, be in this movie, please. And I was like, no, no, yeah. no, no. No. <laughs> no one was begging me to be in the movie.
1: <laughs> so you, you mentioned having very little directing experience. You know, I, F- SNL famously, the writers are kind of king. Yeah. but And, you you know, you have a lot of power over what happens. But you they're still directors of the show. even the Oh, short, oh Yeah. St- how, how in what way were you in what ways were you prepared by snl in what ways were you not yeah even close? I, I mean i wasn't
2: prepared in that like yeah i didn't physically direct i don't physically direct anything of snl there are like there's a great live director the, all the video pieces have great directors so but i was prepared in that like yeah you're right like writers get an inordinate amount of like power over their own sketches. So yeah. you are in charge of producing your sketch from beginning to end. So, I mean, like, you create the idea, you write the script, you do all the rewrites, you communicate with all the departments to, like, figure out the wigs and the wardrobe and the props, like, the special effects. Um, you're on the set of the videos if you have a video piece. And while you're not directing them, like, you are there doing rewrites and kind of giving ideas and you're yeah. there in the edit. And um, between dress and air, if there's changes to a live sketch or a video sketch, you're one of the people helping... Yeah make those changes and so it didn't give me uh technical like um i couldn't say i didn't i'm not like oh i directed these things and so now i can direct this movie but like i had experience creating from scratch a lot of things over and over again week after Mm -hmm. week which i think prepares you and like communicating with actors and like different actors every week and different hosts every week um being able to like think on the fly and um SNL just like helps you know what you like and what you don't like and it like sharpens your voice and it makes you, you have to make a lot of quick decisions at SNL and you got to live with them because then they're going to go live in 30 yeah. minutes and sometimes you're like, oh shit, that was not the right decision. <laughs> but like a lot of times you just got to trust your gut. And so yeah. it just gives you confidence. Like even if it's like, you know, it you, yeah, at the end of the day, a lot of the sketches, it's like you, your success or it's your failure. Yeah. Um, not alone, but in some ways it feels like that because you get so much power and so much say. So that helped, yeah. I think, yeah.
0: You said earlier this was loosely autobiographical, the film, yeah, but there's yeah. definitely a lot of details that are, you know, you, there's references to Saturday Night Live and Upright the right, right. Brigade and stuff like that. How, When you were writing this, like, how did you draw the line between what would be autobiographical and what would not, not be? Like, right, were right. there any things that you were like, you know, this is too personal, I can't put this in here?
2: No, it was more of like, um, like... Yeah, I don't really know. It's such a weird line of like what's true and what's not. It'll be like, um, like the big stuff is true that I was like yeah. kind of, um, just beginning like as a comedy writer. I lived in New York. I, I did move back to Sacramento to live with my mom. I have a dad and two sisters. Like the bones of it, my mom passed away in 2009 and I'm gay. Like the, the big picture stuff is real. But then like the way the scenes play out is invented or like full scenes yeah. will be completely fake. So it, the way I've, Best been able to like articulate it in my brain is like I-, I remembered specific like sentences that my mom would say to me, or like specific feelings, or specific like things that my mom like left me with, like a lesson or something that like that just stuck with me, like a specific phrase, and then I would invent a narrative around that. You know what I mean? So like an entire arc might be technically false, yeah. but it's based on like a true thing I remember her saying to me or my sisters. So then the fake arc around it feels true because it's based on this like true thing she said, if that yeah. makes sense. So like, yeah, so some scenes like three or four or five scenes like never happened or they didn't happen remotely like that, but they still, yeah. So I I'd never know exactly how to draw yeah. like, the line on what's true and what's <laughs> not. Yeah.
1: Because it's all in some ways, hundred percent true and in some and it, ways, a hundred percent not Exactly.
2: True. <laughs> and that's the thing is it's like, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's also even the things that I think are true are true from my memory. And yeah. my sisters will be like, well, no, it didn't happen like that, which is fine. And I'm like, yeah, it did. And she'll be like, no, actually you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh yeah, I you know, so yeah. nothing's really true, I guess. If we're I mean, should we go into that? <laughs> nothing, yeah, no, that's what it is. Finally. Is <laughs> um, Finally. But no, yeah, I don't yeah. like I don't watch the movie and see like, oh, that's my sister on screen. Yeah. Or that's my dad on screen, because the characters act differently and they took on a life of their own when I was writing it. But I do, I will say, I do feel like my mom is in the movie. Like yeah. I feel like Molly is pretty close to her, and that because she's sort of like the anchor of the movie, that that feels like the most true to me i think yeah.
1: yeah i was thinking as as we were preparing for this that you have this movie where all these people have such a hard time talking to each other especially about death and then you're going on a press tour yeah, where you're yeah. forcing people to yeah. kind of essentially recreate yeah. <laughs> that yeah, yeah has it been hard to constantly have to relive this with like again just like with strangers who uh-huh. don't you kind of want to talk about the movie but probably don't necessarily know how to talk about it to you
2: Um, no, the only hard part has been like just talking about myself so much. Like I was telling you earlier, like it just, I'm not used to like the press tour. So it's very weird to like just talk about myself so much. Like not even like my personal life, which is weird too, but like you just feel like, God, I'm, Sick of myself? Am I a monster? I hate myself. You know what yeah. I mean. Where you're just like, oh, I mean, you're so aware of how yeah. like I wake up, I talk about myself all day, and then I go to bed. <laughs> like, yeah. ew, that's gross. And then it was my birthday yesterday, and I was like, oh, no one tell me happy birthday. This is too much about. But I, it, the other part about like talking about like death or whatever has been interesting, but like sweet, sort of like I was so focused for so long on how like autobiographical or not autobiographical this movie was, and I was felt so like exposed when I first showed it at Sundance, and it yeah. was like very intense and then i slowly was like oh like this isn't really about me anymore it's its own thing and then so many people would come up to me after all these like film festivals and want to say like you know my my mother also just passed away or i'm i'm struggling with cancer right now or my my dad is going through this and that's been sort of nice i mean it's it's awful like i wish that these people weren't going through it and it's like sad to hear but it's it's been like sort of like sad and like lovely to be able to talk to all these different people yeah. and be like, oh, this isn't like so much just like my story. Yeah. And like it's 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 kind of universal. And if um, I don't know, it's been nice. It's been sweet. Well, because been...
1: the, the it's oh, it's like the the movie's now not only yours. It's like once yeah, yeah. audiences as they do they they attach themselves to movies or they connect to movies, and now the connection to this movie is. You're not the only one that feels really close to this thing.
2: Right, right.
1: And then, in many ways, because it is in ways autobiographical and they feel really close to you because of that connection.
2: Yeah, there, I think there is that thing of like the more specific something is, the more universal it is because yeah. you feel like you, yeah, you're digging in so deep that you feel <laughs> yeah. like you know these people or something, you know? I don't know. Yeah, on
0: that note, I wanted to ask you about the song Drops of Jupiter, which occurs <laughs> yeah, throughout yeah. the film. Yeah, yeah. Was that based on something real and like why that song?
2: No, not really. Um, I mean, I, I do remember hearing it a lot on the radio. So yeah, in the movie, we I played Drops of Jupiter quite a bit. Um, don't stop listening. We <laughs> still see the movie, and no, it's great. It's I first of all, I tr- every
1: scene. Tr- tr-
2: first of all, I truly love that song. But I, I did hear it a lot. I, I don't know. That song is just sort of um, a stand-in for like kind of suburbia. Yeah, where it's, I feel like that's a song that you constantly hear. On like every soft rock station, like every time I would turn on the radio, I'm like, this song is on again. Like, is it always on? Like, is it just random that I'm turning on the radio at this time? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk too m- much about how I use the song, I guess. But it's supposed sure. to at least start off by being like a little, just like a funny stand-in for like, you're back in Sacramento, baby, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, the, re- the reason I asked is because I thought it was a great detail because oh, when, okay. when, when my dad was dying, every time I got in the car... I heard all these things that I've done by the killers, which is much more
2: like, <laughs> help me out. Yeah. It was very haunting uh, and like, yeah. but
0: I can't I can't hear the song without thinking of that time period. And so I felt like yeah. whether it really was Drops of Jupiter for you or not, that, that detail really rung true for me.
2: Oh, that's so interesting. Okay, well then I guess I will give it up. The full truth is that I do, that song didn't like fully haunt me, but I remember there was an actual night and this isn't in the movie, but my... Dad took me and my sisters to um, like a park and had like had these like print of oh god I I've never talked about and like had these like printouts of like what happens to a body and like cancer and like we had asked these questions and I think he didn't know how to talk about it and he's like let's go away from your mom and let's just talk and I'll answer your questions and it's gonna suck and it's gonna be the nitty gritty because I would ask things I was like what happens to a body when it dies like you know things that they're (laughs) him as a dad is like oh god okay I gotta talk to so. We drove to a park, and we, we had a dinner, and then we kind of just sat on the grass and, like, read this stuff. And it was, like, a very emotional night, and then we drove back home, and Drops of Jupiter came on. And, like, I think people were absentmindedly singing and in the car, and I remember just – I don't know why I remember it. I just, like, yeah. remember that that song was playing, but I didn't have, like, a negative reaction to it, and I didn't have a positive reaction. I just – I just remember it. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a specific sentence that my mom said that I don't know why I remember, but it stuck with me. And so when I was writing the original script, I just first started for like a month of just writing any dumb thing I remembered. Like, so I would be like writing, like, why am I writing on Drops of Jupiter? And then I would notice patterns. I'm like, oh, I've mentioned Drops of Jupiter seven (laughs) times. Clearly this should be something (laughs) in the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, But yeah, like you say, it's weird, the like weird things that you, you remember. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> a real <laughs> well, a real tonal shift from the it, SNL had, talk. <laughs> yeah, fam- well, go ahead. Also, so has your family seen the movie? Yeah, where- they,
2: they've all seen it in waves, like somewhere at Sundance and like different film festivals. So, yeah,
1: is it what is it like for them? Obviously, they have it. You you wrote it, and it obviously was probably cathartic in the process of writing. But they just see it. Is it? Yeah. They they're probably very proud of you because you made a movie. But yeah. it's also you know as you said that idea of this is your. Perspective on an experience, even if it's autobi- semi-autobiographical, yeah. um, I know yeah. even my own personal life, when I've had similar situ- situ- uh, situations, I've had family members frustrated about how I've written about them. Sure, sure. Was there a complicated perspective that you think they had?
2: No, I mean, everyone's been very supportive, but I do think that it must... I mean, this is me a lot speaking for them, and they haven't like necessarily communicated all this, but like I think it is they've it's they've only been excited cuz i think they're yeah. like proud and i also think like ultimately like it's a positive movie and it you know yeah. it it talks about like a hard year in our lives but it's like good towards my family and my sisters and my like it's about our mother and you know my mother isn't like portrayed as like a demon in the movie so <laughs> no. like and they're not like what did you do to her um but yeah it must be so bizarre because when I wrote the movie, I, like I said, I didn't think it was going to get made. So it was emotional for me, but it wasn't weird. Cause yeah. I wasn't like sharing it or yeah. anybody, but then like directing, it was strange, good, but, but strange. surreal. Yeah. And then I like talking about it and like having it be reviewed is so bizarre. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is like a review or an interview about my family, you know? So, but I've had years to get used to that. So like, it's still weird, but I, it's, it's slowly getting more normal. Whereas they just sit down and then it, press play and you're like oh my god like so this is like it's newer for them and it must be weird because they experienced it similarly and differently so there's some moments where they're like yeah i remember that and then there's some moments where they didn't remember because i made it up yeah and then there's some times where my sisters would say like oh i just didn't know that you were going through all of this stuff um but it's interesting because I don't know everything they went through. And yeah. so I always think I'm like, ooh, if, if they had the movie of the version of if they made a, a movie yeah. about this, it would be ninety percent different probably, you know, which is bizarre to that think was, about.
1: There was that moment that I thought was very interesting, which was the movie almost has that feeling in it of well, you had the sisters, um at one moment ago, you never ask about yeah, us. Yeah, Like you almost are saying like you're made you made this movie about yeah, your yeah, experience.
2: Yeah. That's good. That's. <laughs> is it gross to say this, but that is my favorite part of the movie? Or, like, the thing that I care about the most, I guess, yeah. in the movie is that a little bit of, like, I don't know. It's so, like, w- writing a movie about yourself and your life is so self-indulgent and also so, like, I don't know. When I was writing, you have to try to think about, like, what you're – you have to, like, write in character as yourself from, like, seven yeah. or eight years ago. So I tried to think, like – what were my like faults and what was I struggling with and what were my strengths and my weaknesses and my insecurities and so I really wanted to write a movie that was about that and so in the movie the main character is struggling with his father and you know he comes from a conservative family and they're not a hundred percent down with his sexuality and he's not super close to his sisters but just because he hasn't lived with them in years yeah. and he kind of thinks of them as like little sisters and mm-hmm. they don't he just doesn't they don't occur to him as much as they should and I, I just remember in the real world. In the real situation, um, when my mom was dying, being very, not self-obsessed, but like, how is she going to die? When is she going to die? I hope it doesn't happen while I'm at the store and I yeah. miss it. And like, yeah, yeah. when she dies, then what happens? Like, and i and I'm I've been away from my career for so long. Like, how is that going to work? Which I shouldn't even be thinking about. But yeah. like, and and then I was like, oh, but if you just like look to your left or to your, to your right for one second, there's like your sisters and your dad. And it's like me and my dad had you know different views on my sexuality, but like he was a wonderful person. And going through this and like losing his like fucking wife, and my sisters yeah. were sad in another room, and so. I, I hope and I think that I wasn't, like, uh, as self-obsessed as the character in the movie, but I wanted to, like, convey that yeah. idea of, like, your problems are, like, legit and, like, my worries are, were real, but they weren't everything. And it's like, yeah, yeah there's a part in the movie where, I, like, the the character that's based on me is like, like, what the fuck? Why hasn't so-and-so asked about so-and-so? And the sister's like, you never fucking ask about us. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, yeah, oh, okay. Oh, Right. Oh right you you're like a sitting across the booth from me and like you've been sad this whole time too. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know.
1: No, I, I, that was the part that that I as well was like Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, my life is so hard. And you're like, yeah, but literally you can just talk to anybody else yeah. and they also have a life. Yeah. And I guess that's... <laughs> yeah,
2: truly. Which is like, A, truly a no-brainer. But yeah. then also it's a surprising how sometimes it's not a no-brainer. I, I don't know. know.
1: Well, for writers, yeah. you're just like, oh, I know. there are real people. I that- do
2: think especially for writers, too. I was so obsessed with like... and I, I would be like, oh, my God, this is like a cancer movie. This is like... I'd be living through moments of my mom being sick and being like, oh, this is like that movie I saw. And you're so like in your head and you're so like... I don't know, it just felt so bizarre and I was so in my head all the time. Yeah, yeah, it would be my sisters being like, get out of your (laughs) head like, and see the, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So Sam just told me, we've only got a few minutes left in the studio. Okay. Okay. Um, So uh, Jesse, I don't know if there's any kind of a final question you want to ask, but I was curious to know, um, having gone through this experience of directing this movie, especially one that has some, obviously deals with more serious material, is it something you think you want to do again?
2: Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I just loved it. I mean, it was great to be able to work with, like, um, just really great dramatic actors. And I, I don't know. I just loved the tone of it. I, I don't think mm-hmm. I I would never say, like, now I do only drama or, or only comedy. I don't know. I liked this where... Um, I don't know, the comedy kind of came from just like real human interactions and kind of, it wasn't like, the movie isn't like set up joke, set up joke. Yeah. It just is like funny and kind of like a realistic way, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, some, do you feel like... I would like... I would work in a similar tone if I were to do something. I don't know how, I don't know if I'd be able to write just a drama with no comedy. Yeah. And that's not me being like, because I'm just so funny. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't mean that. I just mean like, I, I don't like, that doesn't feel real to me. Like, I don't really know how to write dialogue where yeah. characters don't have any sense of humor. You know what I mean? Like, it just... I don't relate to that. Well,
1: it's, I, th- I think... It's also uh, not life. Yeah, it's yeah, not life. Yeah, so the, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no... I mean, at least no one knows of these people that have completely <laughs> yeah, like, lived are dramatic people? lives.
2: Where are these people who are so sad all the time and, like, showing up at doors unannounced, being like, we need to talk. I'm like, who does that? Like, <laughs> that's not... I don't relate to that.
1: They're always showing up at Anytime doors.
2: Anytime someone's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, there's no way they did not text you. They were coming. Like, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. What are you doing here? Like, well, no. No. <laughs> Do you think is partly also because s n l for you is like a comedy like do you think let's say you were in an s n l for whatever reason and you're writing a movie that it might be the 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 balance might be a little bit different? do you think like it's it's partly motivated by whatever urge of um the muses or whatever do you feel like yeah. or it's just like this tone of a movie is a tone that you feel very safe and comfortable in
2: i don't i mean, I think I just like the tone of this movie on its own. But I also think it was nice because I, I mean, I don't know. It was just, like, nice to be able yeah. to have, like, SNL as, like, not my day job, but my main job. And then to be able to, like, I love, that. The, yeah, I still love just, like, hard comedy. I love sketch comedy. Like, I truly love SNL. I mean, it's, like, my dream job. So then to be able to just do this on the side or, like, during the summer yeah. and, like, kind of flex a different muscle is great. So, like, it's been nice that I've been able to, like, have my cake and eat it, too, and do two different types of things. Mm-hmm. Um I wouldn't say that I like one over the other. I've just mostly done hard comedy, yeah, and so it's like interesting to me to follow something that I'm a little that's a little newer.
1: And what about the, the semi autobiographical biographical part? I know like it seems like for some people when they write that way and it's well received, they're like, this is this is the juice, baby, or uh-huh. it's like. Well, I
2: don't really have anything else to like. <laughs> that's the other point. Like, yeah. if I was gonna write a movie last year, I'm like, this my, my next movie is gonna be about me making this movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I don't necessarily think like I'm I'm writing something now and it's not autobiographical like it's just an invented yeah. story but then it still is in some ways like as autobiographical because sure. like you still are like or at least for me I still like pull from people I know or myself or yeah. like put situations I've been in in like an invented so like it probably will be as autobiographical but I won't have to say it and then like, yeah. talk about
1: my personal life <laughs> I'm like well didn't this also happen in your life like you don't know what happened in my life Yeah, it's <laughs> not my Wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I don't know
2: well, Chris, thank you so much.
0: I really thank appreciate you being so generous with your time. No, I'm sorry I'm being, being been, beamed into the No, this worked out
1: great.
2: <laughs> Should I just, like, do a little plug for when it comes out and stuff? Or is that like, yeah, go or, ahead, is go that, ahead. like, already on the, like, site or whatever? Like, what do I do? <laughs>
1: you can plug and okay. it'll yeah, be on go the ahead. site well, I
2: just want to tell so, like, yeah. so then other people is like out in theaters right now it's in like indie cities so like New York LA you know places like that so you could if you go to like other people film on Facebook or just google it or whatever you'll see it but it's in theaters now and then it's also on like iTunes video on demand that kind yeah. of stuff and it'll
1: if be on know. Netflix it'll later. be on
2: Netflix a little later I'm not sure where like yeah. later this year but yeah go see it
0: That's it for this week's Vulture TV podcast. Don't forget to email us your questions or comments at tvquestions at vulture.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-504-7673. The Vulture TV podcast is produced by Sam Dingman. Laura Mayer is our director of production. And Andy Bowers is our chief content officer. I'm Jen Cheney, and you can find me on Twitter at Cheney J.
1: I'm Jesse David Fox. You can find me at Jesse David Fox.
2: I'm Chris Kelly, and you can find me on Twitter at I'm Chris Kelly.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next week.